Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 118th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm great Cameron how are you? Nice job on that intro. Oh thanks. I've had a lot of practice. Yeah. Remember when you used to read it off the page now you've just feels like ages ago. You've memorized it you've just look at your development. It's incredible. Uh, I'm doing very well. Um, got to watch a nice little basketball W mm. last night at your house. The, the curse is is gone. <laughs> Producer Cameron's like, what? what? Producer Cameron wasn't invited. That was very much a last Dang. minute thing. Yes. I don't have Fox Sports Jeez. 1. And that's it's the I checked like 30 minutes before the game. Like, yep, I got it. We're it's good. It's all good. It's all good. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> we've got we've had some good uh, good news yeah. in, in the Mizzou world. Yeah, Football, think, basketball, things are going well. Yeah, it's exciting. We're gonna talk about all of it. We have so much to talk about. We have a few little news items. Yeah, sprinkle in here. Mm-hmm. Isaac Thompson, safety out of St. Louis. He will be committing tomorrow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big one. Um, Isaac Thompson. Uh, St. Louis, uh, I've definitely felt like Mizzou might play second fiddle to Michigan and this one for a really, really long time. Uh, but things are kind of imploding at, Mich- at Michigan currently. Uh, I, w- is it Jim Harbaugh? John or Jim? I can't remember. Are I think serious? it's John. What? It's Jim. It's John. <laughs> one of those Harbaugh brothers <laughs> is not going to be there much longer. And uh, they're terrible. And... I think that uh, Mizzou might be gaining some mem- some momentum here in this one. We've had some crystal ball. Olanka Uncle Mo is uh, is at play here, and uh, some crystal ball flips today. So, Jim Harbaugh is at Michigan. Thank you. Do you know where John Harbaugh is? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was lo- I was looking at the uh, the old crystal ball over on two twenty four seven Sports, and the lead expert Mike Roach has projected a Mizzou commitment. And he is a highly confident at an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yeah. So that I that's mean that's exciting. that's obviously that's great news. Um, so we're gonna find out tomorrow, and by the time you're listening to this, it's gonna be today. True. Um, but he's a four-star safety, and I I just think that makes sense. You know, obviously I'm I'm a little biased, but it makes sense to stay home play for the the uh the home state and i mean we've got two safeties moving on this year that are seniors and probably have a pretty good chance to play at the next level so playing time might be there although there's a restaurant in arkansas that seems to think <laughs> arkansas would be home yeah for mr thompson what was that what did the sign say it, just, just it said four star isaac thompson <laughs> this is home or something yeah. like that no, it's actually not. It's like something you would see, like if he was on a visit there. I don't. Yeah. Is he visiting Arkansas at the moment? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, the day before his commitment, probably not. Unless, well, he could be pulling a uh, Kelly Bryant. Yeah. And telling him no in person. Yeah. Those Arkansas, they, those folks down there, <laughs> they're a different breed. They are. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh. Other news item I have here is that LSU has uh, a player that's decommitting from their recruiting class, and uh, Mizzou might be in the mix. Yeah, yeah, he's a 
I didn't write down his name, but he's a four-star outside linebacker. He's like top 200 player in the, in the nation. LSU is like turning him away because they've over-recruited him. And uh, so I saw Coach Drinkwitz liked his tweet that he decommitted. Yeah, there were so. some Mizzou gifts in the replies to that yeah. as well. His name is, drumroll please, <coughs> Naquan Brown. So be on the lookout for that. Come on down. I'm pretty sure uh, we, we just discussed this a few minutes ago, but Coach Drinkwitz made some kind of comment in an interview or a press conference recently about how they're maybe looking to flip some some folks. So I thought that was a pretty candid comment. Yeah. That they're, uh, which actually grew, uh, it, it uh, had a little bit of criticism from non-Mizzou people sure. that it was shady business, like their team doesn't do it. Right. But, uh, yeah, so. Well, I, I, always, I feel like it's always been like a coach thing that, like, they would publicly say, like, oh, you don't talk to a guy after he's committed, you know. But, like, okay. Maybe you false. could say that for after they've signed. Sure. But a commitment, a verbal commitment, doesn't mean much. Yeah. I, I would rather, I don't know. I mean, if it was, um, I don't know. If it was who? If it was another SEC coach saying this, then, yeah, I'd probably be like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm trying to be honest here. Yeah. but So slimy. But it's, I, I, yeah. I would like to think I could come around to the fact that it, he's just being honest and right. everybody does this. And it's, it's, it's been common knowledge for a very long time. It's part of the business. Yeah. But he, he specifically said something like, yeah, maybe like put a bug in their ear and just see, see where it goes. You know, see if anything takes off from that. Like, all right. Yeah. Cool. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Uh, other coaches, though, stay away. Stay away from yes, our Absolutely. Don't even think about it. These slime balls. <laughs> Uh, that, that's all for news, I think. And that's a good thing because we have a lot to get to. And we'll start off with a blowout, a shutout. Mizzou beat Vanderbilt 41-0. to zero. Just as we predicted. <laughs> I was mad watching this game a little bit. I kind of got annoyed that... We're in a position as Mizzou fans when 0-7 miserable Vanderbilt comes along. I was upset that we couldn't count on it being a blowout. You follow me? We follow my logic there. I mean, yeah, but we talked about it last week or whenever we talked about it yeah. that we our preview of Vanderbilt last year we didn't preview them, so we had that mindset a year ago and it didn't quite work out so well. But I'm, We've learned. Yeah. But I don't want to have ever learned that lesson. Okay. I want to be in a position where you don't even have to think about. Not very many teams are in that position. But with Vanderbilt? I mean, Vanderbilt had some pretty decent performances recently. They hadn't. They didn't win, but they, they <laughs> held their own against Florida, who's a top 10 team in the first half. They led for the majority of the first half. That's pretty significant for Vanderbilt yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I mean we talked about it they were w within five against Texas A&M it was a top five team right now so Fraud. they're Fraud. fraudulent but yeah. it's still they, they've proved that they can hang around with teams that are clearly good and I'm like I'm thinking well Mizzou's offense hasn't looked very good recently so I I felt like there was every reason in the world to believe that this could end up being a pretty close game and uh, I, I think that there are some some factors at play behind the scenes with Vanderbilt going on. Obviously, their their coach Derek Mason is now n not employed. Um, they had some. They've had some weird stuff going on this week, like reports of 
players like revolting and stuff like they just got some weird stuff going on and so i know vanderbilt is not a good team but i think they were way worse than they even typically are um last week just because of all the stuff they've got going on mizzou looked good yeah they did um especially defense obviously when you hold a, hold a team to zero points that's always good um i'll run through some stats real quick Bazelak connor Bazelak was uh 30 for 37 passing for 318 yards no touchdowns no interceptions Larry Roundtree, 21 carries, 160 yards, and three touchdowns. Amazing performance. Tyler Beatty, five carries for 18 yards and a touchdown. Seven receptions for 102 yards. I want him on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. PPR all the way. Of course. Uh, Kiki Chisholm, five receptions for 67 yards. Back-to-back weeks for him with over 50 yards. And uh, Tavsky Dove. Eight receptions, 62 yards. So the offense was rolling. Mm-hmm. I mean. Pretty much like right off the bat, too. The, the I, first, I, I don't know if I've ever seen an easier scoring drive, in, aside from like a one-play drive, than Missouri's first offensive possession. Yeah. They just moved the ball down the field with ease, and Larry Roundtree basically just walked into the end zone. Yeah, I felt very good about any concern I had after that first drive. And they really did actually kind of stall for a little bit there in that first half. But um, obviously that didn't last for long. But, yeah, that that first drive, they just strolled right down the field. And I felt much better um, about the game. Yeah, the next two drives for the offense uh, ended in a missed field goal and then a failed fourth and three attempt. So, yeah, I I was kind of like like they were moving the ball. And then exactly what you said, they just stalled out. And that was kind of frustrating where I was like, okay, this should easily be 14 0, mm-hmm. maybe 17, maybe 21 0 mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Um, it eventually got there though because um, their next two drives both went for touchdowns. So they did take a 21 0 lead into halftime. Um, and this whole time the defense is just destroying Vanderbilt. Yeah. I mean, second game in a row for Mizzou's defense for the first possession of the game to be. A turnover on downs Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of interesting i really liked how they used um roundtree and Beatty in this game like i it felt like how i envisioned it before the season started that like larry roundtree would you know get most of the carries on the ground and uh tyler Beatty would hopefully be targeted you know five plus times in a game because i why not yeah but and obviously you can kind of do whatever you want against a terrible and spiraling vanderbilt team but that was definitely how i hoped they would use those two guys yeah, if you told me before the season that there's going to be a game where Larry Roundtree has 160 yards rushing and Tyler Beatty has over 100 yards receiving, I'm just imagining, you know, near perfection like what we got in this game. Tyler Beatty, I, I just can't overstate that kind of offensive versatility and getting that kind of receiving line from your backfield that's just not something that teams are doing all the time even against a weak opponent they run that wheel route so well with yeah. him the timing is right there and it's just, just somehow easy, always it's just open. an easy read i mean like yeah if if the linebacker goes with him then probably somebody's going to be open in the middle of the field yeah or he's just going to outrun the linebacker true yeah love it uh Let's see here. Vanderbilt's D or Vanderbilt's offense on the game, 103 passing yards, and as a team, they averaged 2.3 yards per carry. 
Uh, Nick Bolton, of course, was a factor. Nine tackles, two tackles for loss, one of those being a sack. Harrison Mevis was two for three on field goal attempts. Uh, speaking of kickers, the biggest what because it was such a blowout, uh, the biggest story of the game ended up being Vanderbilt kicker Sarah Fuller. Yeah. Obviously, there's nothing we could possibly say on this topic that hasn't already been said a million times, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool. Yeah, it was cool to see. I, you know, when the game was out of reach, I kind of wanted to see her get to yes. get a chance to kick a field goal or something like that. Um, I actually remember thinking about tweeting this before the game, but I didn't. I didn't want to seem too critical or something. But I, I thought about saying, um, <clears throat> I kind of hope she doesn't get a chance because I want to blow them out. Yeah. And then we actually did. And then I kind of felt bad after the game, like, hey, I kind of wish you would have had a chance. Yeah. But uh, I was yeah. actually thinking, <laughs> kind of opposite. Um, I wish. I wanted to get a chance, and I wish Vanderbilt maybe would score a little bit. As much as I love a shutout, I don't know. I kind of wanted the first-team offense to stay out there and keep putting up numbers. You know, I like those uh, stats and records and stuff. I wanted to see Larry Roundtree go for 200 yards and yeah. that kind of thing. So I was like, okay, Vanderbilt, you can you can do a little bit on offense so that we have to keep scoring. Yeah. Uh, in this game, total yards, Missouri, 605 Vanderbilt, 184. That's insane. That is insane. That's pretty wild. Sometimes, like, I feel like, uh, you know, Missouri's had those games this year where they, like, outgain the the opponent by a lot, but the score doesn't really show it. But that was very much not the case in this game. And like I said earlier, this easily could have, well, they would have, you know, maybe brought the backups in a little bit earlier if, they would have scored on their first five yeah. possessions, but it could they could have jumped out to a pretty insane lead with just a couple more plays yeah. being executed in the first half on mm-hmm. offense. Yeah, speaking of backups, um, that was like an exciting thing to watch in this game. Was like so many new faces got playing time and play well. Um, obviously, Elijah Young is one that comes oh, to yeah. mind. Um, he he looked good. That yeah. that was that gave me comfort for next year when uh, you know Larry Roundtree is most likely moving on. Mm-hmm to other opportunities uh, you know i think we're in good hands um yeah. in the running back room for sure yeah uh brady cook came in yeah threw beautiful a pass beautiful pass interesting that he was throwing to damon hazelton uh in that situation it was a little odd considering what we thought hazelton was going to be yeah and uh yeah but i mean i guess good to see i mean that was his first touchdown of the year hazelton yeah um but yeah brady cook yeah, obviously extremely limited uh snaps against probably a Vanderbilt team that's just ready to give up and go home but it was a really nice looking pass so um jump in if you have any other specific things about the game but I just want to talk about Derek Mason getting fired a little bit um man that's a tough that's a tough way to go out just especially you know in last year and few years here recently where it looked like maybe there was something happening with that program and to just go completely flat this year and with all the COVID stuff and scheduling changes and, you know, short weeks to game plan and stuff like that. I said before the season even started, I can't imagine getting fired during this, after this type of season where there's just so much uncertainty everywhere Mm -hmm. and such a weird college football season. But that hasn't stopped a few athletic directors, uh, two already in the SEC, 
with um, South Carolina and now Vanderbilt. Two in the SEC East. I would have not, not I wouldn't have ever predicted that yeah. going into this season. Yeah, I think I even said something on our Vanderbilt <laughs> preview. Like uh, Vanderbilt's probably not even that bad of a coaching job because you don't even have to be that great, and you probably get a lot longer yeah. leash than you would other places. So that was freezing cold takes exposed right there. Well, but um, some some might argue that you know it it he's had a leash. It's yeah, it's like a terrible place to coach in some ways because you will probably always um, not succeed. You you will probably very few people will succeed there, and very few people have the support of the administration there. I feel like the they don't want to focus on football for whatever reason. They're in the SEC. It seems like ludicrous to not want and try and maximize that opportunity. But um, for whatever reason, it seems like the football coach never quite has the full support from the athletic department. And um, so a lot of those things would make it a really tough place to coach. But, you know, they, um, you probably do have a little bit longer leash than, than other places, though. So, But it seemed like Derek Mason was, uh, was a great guy, uh, probably – uh, a coach that players really enjoyed playing for so i'm sure he'll have a lot of opportunities to as a head coach other places or as a defensive coordinator yeah honestly i could see him being very successful at another stop mm-hmm. because he's been very successful in the past yeah and i can just imagine like if it was a smaller school that was more dedicated to their football program and you know kind of have some kind of established culture i feel like he'll be able to thrive and i would be pretty surprised and maybe he does like a a coordinator stop for a season um at a more prominent uh school but i would be surprised if he's not a head coach again in the next two or three seasons yeah um i feel like we're just kind of i mean when i was kind of organizing my notes i was kind of just glossing over the defensive effort because it was just so so dominant yeah and just kind of made uh i mean it's what you want when you have the lead late in the game it just kind of became a little bit boring yeah just just shutting them down no matter what they tried to do yeah it's almost less to talk about whenever there's such a dominant win like this it's like well everybody did their job really really well yeah everybody looked good yeah all across the field seemed like the game plans were excellent and I'm just thankful that Thanksgiving was last week. I know, but I'm thankful that uh, when you have an opportunity with a team that's struggling, and maybe, maybe if you you know get out to a hot start, they might fold, and you want to see if that's what's going to happen. And yeah. that, I think that's exactly what happened. And they, they I even saw um, with Mizzou social media stuff that uh, they put out like a little mini movie of the week and in the halftime locker room coach Drinkwitz was saying like this is not over we have a second half to go finish the job here Mm -hmm. and he even used the phrase keep your foot on their neck oh so wow and they did that yes yeah I mean that's what good teams do they they beat teams that are worse than them and that's absolutely what Mizzou did in this game and I mean, sometimes it's just good to see them just destroy somebody. Just yeah. go out there and be way better than the other team. And that's that was nice to see. So Mizzou now has a winning record in football, which I didn't predict at the beginning of the season. They've already surpassed the number of wins I predicted. And uh, you had them at five wins, which is looking definitely possible, if not probable, if not likely. Yeah. 
at this point, especially if they, do you know, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but with the schedule, I've heard that Missouri is going to be playing either Georgia or Mississippi State on December 12th. Mm -hmm. But I haven't heard like, and then the other one the next week. Yeah, I I don't know. It's so much up in the air. I'm just assuming that's the case, though. Yeah, but it kind of worries me. I don't know. Part of me is like, well, yeah, give us uh, Mississippi State on the fifth, and then yeah, uh, we'll just or not the fifth. Then we'll just end the season right there. Give us Mississippi State on the twelfth, and then yeah, uh, (laughs) sorry Georgia couldn't make it work out this year. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll see you next season. Honestly, like, don't get don't okay. I think that we could compete with Georgia this year. Oh, so, okay. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not saying we would win, but like, I'm not as I'm not like. We normally I just Georgia. I just write that we game off as like Georgia. certain loss. I just get let's just get it over with. Okay. But I I don't know if I'd feel that way this year. I don't. I'm not sure I'd feel great about it either. But I think they're a little more uh, vulnerable this year than they oh. t- might be in a normal year. Kyle wants Georgia. Let it be known. I was thinking, you know, let's just beat Arkansas, beat Mississippi State. Yeah. Six and three season. Yeah, we'll see how I feel after this week. Yeah. This week, perfect segue. We've got a matchup against Arkansas. Mm. Is it a rivalry? I think it is. I don't. If you would ask me it's, that question last year, which you probably did, I'd probably been like, eh, it seems a little kind of forced. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, a, it's I like nice trophy. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. It is. Like they change it's out very the, large. Change out the line, like the borderline. Yeah. Gold or red yeah i i definitely feel like it's more of a rivalry than it probably ever has been um i i mean storylines storylines galore oh yeah and it is exciting like it like it makes me feel things oh yeah that i haven't felt in a while i want to be arkansas bad oh man i want to beat them (laughs) (laughs) and it's like every week you know it's like i'm a mizzou fan i want to win yeah I like to win i hate to lose but this feels this just feels different you know It, it almost feels a little bit like those those old games against Kansas or something like that. Like I just, I'm going through the week, like just thinking about it. Like, man, I can't wait for Saturday. So is the number one uh, storyline in your mind, Barry Odom? I guess, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, Barry Odom versus his old, his old team is, his old. I mean, literally his old team. Um, Barry Odom versus, I mean, some of his old staff. Yeah. Old players. Yeah. It's it's a weird it's a weird vibe and you know I think I feel I feel like everybody said the right things in in the interviews this week and stuff from Mizzou's side. And, you know, you know, they said, oh, we respect Barry Odom. He yes. gave me a shot here. And obviously, like, as a person, like, I love the guy. And um, But we, we're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> we we got to do our best to win. Yeah, I, mean, I was we, happy with everything the Mizzou players said in yeah. any of the interviews that I saw. Yeah, I think Martez Manuel um, said, uh, made a really good um, comment that I, I thought was really cool about, you know, like, same thing. I, I respect Coach Odom. He gave me a shot here. Uh, but we're going to prepare like this is the Super Bowl. And yeah. uh, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah. And I, I just love that. Oh, yeah. You're getting giddy, aren't you? Yes. I'm, I'm already there. Yeah. I think, I mean, my take on it before the season even started with him at Arkansas was I hope they lose every game three yeah. to zero. Yeah. I hope his defense is good, but they yeah. lose every game. You still got to appreciate Barry Odom. You know, I again, I want to win this game more than anything else on the schedule, but I still like the guy. He helped stabilize the program, and uh, he, I mean, he did some – we had some good moments when he was here and um obviously a a a mizzou guy so so how much would the rivalry lose its luster for you personally if when he if slash when he is no longer at arkansas you know i think that uh it would still keep some steam for sure i i a lot of it honestly 
and maybe this would not be the case if uh, Arkansas goes back to irrelevancy, but um, they're they're a little bit better than they thought they were going to be this year. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Coach Pittman has been more successful than probably most people thought. And uh, I more successful one, than I thought. That's one thing, yeah, me too. One thing that's kind of thrown some fuel on the fire this week is uh, like Arkansas social media. Um, getting a little uh get this big heads over there yeah. and, and not They're not only feisty. not only the actual like verified arkansas social media but just all the fans oh, yeah. and they're kind of starting to you know forget about what happened the last four years yes. and uh, we can't forget about what happened the last four years well and it and it's one thing for the fans and like the fan accounts and the, the barstool arkansas yeah. twitter account you know whatever yeah but then when the actual okay so this this is a this is a topic I needed to go th- go through with you a little bit. We got to unpack a few things. So what we're referencing is the Arkansas official Twitter account uh, was making light of Nick Bolton for s- some dumb reason. Why they would pick a fight with him? I have yeah. no idea. Well, he said that in like a his interviews or something earlier this week. He feels like he's the baddest sob on the field. Yeah, and which is true yes and that's the mindset that every player should have basically and he backs it up as well as any player possibly could yeah so then the arkansas social media team posted a graphic of their linebackers which they have some great linebackers yes i wrote that down specifically grant morgan very good over 100 tackles Mm -hmm. uh and they it referred to their linebackers as the baddest guys baddest players on the field Yeah. yeah and that's so weird to me, but, and this is a little bit off topic, but stick with me here. Okay. After the Mizzou win over Vanderbilt, the Mizzou official social media team posted a short video of a Mizzou glove going from, I guess, Vanderbilt does a hand symbol with like two fingers and a thumb down to one finger and a thumb for an L. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a little brazen for the official social media. Like, considering this was a, a Vanderbilt sucks. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like, well, what what brought this about? Like, I don't remember rumming it in really to any of the other teams we beat this year. Yeah, I think it was just kind of an easy thing, yeah. maybe. But yeah, I thought that was like, but it was like high production value. Yeah. You know, yeah, that it was, was planned. Yes, that <laughs> was a little odd to me. Yeah, and then uh, and then Arkansas comes with this effort by their social media team i guess they're just getting feisty over there social media teams in general just looking for trying to stir up some trouble well you can bet nick bolton saw it because if you're if you're not on twitter by the way you need to be on twitter because it's great i mean why wouldn't you just want to get constant news updates every day all day and you can follow us on twitter at mizzou sports pod but anyways um nick bolton responds to their tweet says lol at the caption see you on saturday yeah so i mean and Eli Drinkwitz, in an interview earlier in the week, he literally asked, you know, not knowing that this was going to happen with the Arkansas thing, he asked the interviewers something to the effect of, can you do anything to make Nick Bolton mad? Because I, I, yeah. I want him to get fired up. Not that he needs it. He was kind of, you know, he was making a joke out of it, but he was like, you know, insult Nick Bolton a little bit. Get yeah. him fired up because we want to see him angry. Like, okay. And then... Yeah, I guess Arkansas social media team heard that and thought it was a challenge. Yeah, I don't know if that was a coincidence or not, but that was, I mean, why, of all people, yeah. I don't understand what they're thinking, but we'll gladly take it. Yeah. 
And, oh man, I hope he destroys them. I mean, I just I, I I love that they did that because yeah. it's just making this game the build up to this game so much more fun, and that's just what makes sports in general fun. I I want to I want to feel this feeling. I want to feel like. I hate somebody. It's just so fun, and uh, but if we lose, then it's gonna be terrible. Oh yeah. But oh, if yeah. we win, that sweet, sweet victory is it's gonna be nice. Well, let's talk about Arkansas a little bit. They, like we alluded to, have surprised a few people. They definitely surprised. Okay, uh, then number sixteen in the country, Mississippi State. Talk about a fraudulent uh, ranking. Yeah. Uh, then they beat later in the season Ole Miss. So they're really taking it out on the state of Mississippi. And then they beat Tennessee, which, talk about a game I wish Missouri could redo, uh, the Tennessee game. So they're 3-5, and five, and they did have decently close losses to Auburn. They only lost by 2. Uh, A&M, they lost by 11. And LSU, most recently, they only lost by 3. So they've looked okay in some games. Got blown out, of course, by uh, Florida and Georgia. But, yeah, they've surprised me for sure. Yeah. And uh, they've been able to get a few wins here. I honestly thought, like, you know, two-win team. Yeah, honestly, they're the team that I thought they could hope to be maybe in a year or two because I think we all knew Barry Odom was going to get this defense on the right track eventually. I just don't think we thought they would be – borderline dominant like they've been they i mean they've they've have an excellent defense and they've kind of just gotten some random dudes to be like all sec uh linebackers so um yeah that's not the first time he's done that yeah he barry odom's done an incredible job um on the defensive side their offensive game is not quite as as threatening but well um i was actually looking up their stats and felipe franks who we've said before i mean the best way to describe him is not scary yeah and kind of been the punchline of some jokes for a couple of years he is completing 68% of his passes. He's got 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, only four interceptions. So he's maybe – they're not asking him to do a whole lot, and uh, that's kind of the role he needs. I think he was always leaned on a little too much at Florida, and um, just he couldn't be the guy. I mean, nobody knew that Kyle Trask was going to do what he was going to do, but that's what uh, Florida needed you know, the past few years to – get them over the hump to be mm-hmm. a top five team yeah um but felipe frank's serviceable absolutely yeah i was kind of looking at some uh recent box scores for arkansas and uh i noticed that felipe frank's was their leading at least in attempts leading rusher last week or two two weeks ago the most recent game yeah and uh well, I, I don't believe rakeem boyd played in that game he did not play and he has now opted out of the rest of the season yeah to get ready for the nfl great for uh opposing defenses yes However, they do have a junior running back. His name is Traylon Smith. Yeah. Who actually. um, He had like an 83 yard touchdown run in one of their most recent games. But Felipe Franks ran the ball 14 times. So, I mean, clearly that's something he feels comfortable doing. I don't know how great he is at it, but that's something he will do. Yeah. uh, The running back Smith already had, uh, with, with Boyd not playing against LSU. Uh, Smith now has more attempts and yards and a better yards per carry uh, than Boyd did. And Felipe Franks actually has more carries than, than either one of them. 92 carries for 229 yards. That seems and not And one efficient. rushing touchdown. No, two and a half yards per carry. Uh, we did have one running back commit. Um, 
last recruiting cycle whose name escapes me at the moment, but he like flipped to Arkansas on signing day. Mm. Uh, I thought we might get his chance to see him after the Rakeem Boyd news, but I don't think he's played at all this year. So I, somebody will know his name out there. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, looking through the receivers, there's nothing, nothing too terribly scary. It looks like they, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six guys with at least 15 receptions on the season. So they're spreading the ball around quite a bit. Traylon Burks is the, the top guy there with 39 receptions, 600 yards, and six touchdowns. So I think basically all I have to say about Arkansas is they have surprised me this year um, on both sides of the ball, honestly. And I don't know. I, I am looking forward to a good game. Yeah, I mean, I think this has the potential to be a fantastic game. I think the teams are pretty evenly matched, um, both great defenses, both with uh, maybe a little bit more um, anemic offenses at times. Um, so it, it could be a fantastic game. Um, I hope Mizzou just blows them out, but if it's a close game, I'm sure that would be really entertaining too. Yeah, I think uh, I'm seeing Mizzou – favored by two and a half points that sounds about right um a couple places have it at three we do get to play uh a barry odom team coming off a bye so bye week barry well forget it all then this is <laughs> easy win yeah automatic yeah barry was historically bad off a bye whenever he was at mizzou that i mean that was like that was honestly one of the first things that came to mind was like when i was thinking about weighing the pros and cons about whether or not I, he deserved another year that was one of the things at the top of the list for me uh, for cons was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like on bye weeks, why are we so, or why are we not only not good, but awful first games of the season, bye weeks, bowl games, anytime with, with time to prepare, they were awful, but he's not the head coach True. in Arkansas. So maybe that's all the difference he needed. Um, yeah. Mizzou, when you look at, I mean, ESPN's just got this little snapshot of the last five games. And seeing four wins in Missouri's last five games, that is a pretty thing to see. I hope it continues. There's there's a decent chance here to be six and three. I don't uh, yeah. I don't uh, look at but that's a lie. I love looking ahead. Yeah. I don't. Oh me too. Um, there's a decent chance though they're six and three with a matchup with Georgia. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. You know, I, I've seen all the all the debates on Twitter um, this week about, you know, who's the better program and, like, Mizzou having a four-year streak and all that stuff. And, you know, the argument is always, like, well, we were historically bad. Like, well, yeah, you were. What's your point? Yeah. Like, it's not a good – I mean, it's that a – Right. I don't know. Why would you boast oh, that? Oh, you were really bad? Oh, like, never mind. Then. Yeah, you were terrible. Like, yeah. You oh, suck. never mind. You, you're not bad because <laughs> you were bad. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but that is – that's always the first – argument so don't let anybody don't 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 let anybody successfully use that argument on you on twitter all all you mizzou twitter out there we love you uh keep fighting a good fight uh yeah just yeah stick with those you know rational arguments (laughs) and you'll be okay stick with the facts yes yeah all you have to do is say four now yeah exactly like four win streak something like that that's yep don't let anybody come back for that there's no belittling that argument right they gonna make it five in a row, Kyle. I think they are. I think it's I I think it's gonna be stressful, 
I think it's going to be frustrating. And but I think we're going to I think we're going to come out with a win. And I think it's going to be like 24 to 20 Mizzou. Okay. Well, <laughs> that sounds like a score I would have said. Um I'm definitely predicting a win. You can basically count me as a win against Arkansas for the foreseeable future. Um, I say the defense really shows up, and I'm not scared of Felipe Franks. Mm-mm. I think Nick Bolton's gonna gonna feast. Ooh, and how sweet would that be if he oh just yeah. has like just I don't know has some big plays in this game? You know he always does, yeah. but. It's going to be even more sweeter than normal. I think Nick Bolton's going to get an interception in this game. Ooh. I think he's missing that on his yeah. resume for for this season. Might be right. So give me Mizzou 27-17. Okay. I just can't wait for that <coughs> clapback on Twitter, whatever it's going to be by the Mizzou Twitter. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to say boom when something good happens. <laughs> and if you know, you know. <laughs> All right, you ready to talk about some basketball? I'm ready. Oh, sorry. we got to pick some games. Yes, we do. We're, we are going to talk about basketball. Yes, we are. Stick around. Stick around. There's some good basketball This will be a about. terrible segment, but stick around. No, it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm mounting my comeback right now. Yes. All right. Just like for the past like three or four weeks, Cameron is down by two points. You guys both gained six this week. Kyle has 45. Cameron has 43. We were, per- we were both a perfect 6-0. and oh. Picked a bunch of easy games. Yeah. Game one, number five, Texas A&M at Auburn. Oh, God. Texas A&M is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Wow. That tells you something right there. Vegas knows they're frauds. <laughs> and it's at Auburn. Give me Texas A&M. I'll put the pressure on Kyle. Don't make it another boring week. Are there any other close games after that? <laughs> don't tell them. Don't. <laughs> you don't have to say who it is. Just a simple <laughs> yes or no will suffice. Okay, uh, give me a and <laughs> What a chicken. All right, game number two, number six, Florida at Tennessee. Florida is a 17.5-point favorite. Florida by a million. Florida. Game number three, Vanderbilt at number eight, Georgia. Oh, no, that's a good one. Guess, yeah. guess that spread. Uh, uh, 34. 28. 35.5. Wow. Yeah, Georgia. Uh, yeah, I'll take Georgia by 28. South Carolina at Kentucky. Kentucky is an 11.5 point favorite. 11.5? Yeah, give me Kentucky easy. Yeah, give me Kentucky. But I think that might actually be a close game. Number one, Alabama at LSU. Bama. Man, that just doesn't have the same kind of no. spark that it normally mm-hmm. does. Twenty nine no. and a half point favorite. Oh my gosh! LSU hear? covers that. That sounds like free money, right? Mm-hmm. No, Alabama's probably not gonna beat them by thirty. Probably. I agree. But I might wanna. Yeah. Uh, Kick them while they're down. Lou Saban's been out a little bit, a little while. He's <laughs> back on the sideline, ready to go. Uh, yeah, Alabama's just fine now. without him. True. The last game, oh, Nebraska. Nebraska oh. at Purdue. Ooh, Rondell Purdue Moore is a one and a half point favorite. I want Purdue. <laughs> Sorry. 
Where is it at? Purdue. Uh, and they're favored by what? One and a half. I actually know a player on Purdue, which means they're easily going to win. If I actually, if they actually have a notable player. Yeah. Uh, give me Nebraska. Oh my gosh! Wow. Looks like you're going to be down by three next week. <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Cam, me and producer Cam are going to be besties after this episode. <laughs> I've earned brownie points. Literally last week we made a joke out of the fact was that no two weeks ago we made a joke out of the fact that we were going to both pick Illinois. Yeah, it's always a joke. It's always a joke, and it worked out really well. Yes. Luckily for you guys, we didn't pick the week that Nebraska won. So, wow. who did they even beat? Who Penn did they State. Beat? Oh, oh, Penn yeah. State's Jeez. awful. Wow, they are. You guys wouldn't have picked picked that. We though. probably wouldn't have because yeah. it was early on, right? Mm, no, Penn like, State was already a disappointment for sure. Yeah. James Franklin maybe back to Vanderbilt. That'd be wild. <laughs> He just goes back down the chain. Yeah. And then he they like, want him gone. You know that's like four 10 win seasons, and then they hire him back at Penn State. <laughs> uh, ready to talk some basketball? I'm ready. Missouri's now 2 0. We talked about that easy win against Oral Roberts. We previewed a game against Boston College that didn't happen. <laughs> Wasn't much of a preview, though, so he didn't miss a whole lot. Um, so we didn't get a chance to preview Oregon, but if we had, we would have said. Dana Altman's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Oregon's really good program. And Missouri's probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's being played in Omaha. That doesn't really factor in. But, uh, yeah, I definitely went into this game thinking Missouri was going to lose. Uh, thank you again. Never mind, I won't mention that. But we watched it at Kyle's house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hannah made an Oreo tower, too. Man, it was... Yeah. She just like brought Oreos in and just like sat them there. They're a literal like pyramid of Oreos. Oh my gosh. We're not supposed to be talking about that. And it sounds like you guys had a great time. We did. Happy for you. It was a great win. We'll make sure you're there next time. Um, Uh, I was busy. Can you you salvage this this transition into basketball talk? Uh, Yeah, I was going to say something um, about basketball. Oh, thanks. I have forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, I remember. Uh, I, I. I heard that Mizzou was looking for a couple games um, since they had some games canceled. Uh, I definitely did not expect it to be against a top 25 team on a neutral floor. Um, so I was really pleasantly surprised um, about hearing that they were going to play Oregon. Um, yeah, they lost Peyton Pritchard. Is that his name? Yeah. From last year, like Pac-12 player of the year, caliber player. He was a first-round pick in the NBA draft. So obviously we knew they had some production that they needed to uh, replace and it was their first game of the year. So, you know, we, we knew that we kind of had those things going for us that they maybe didn't quite know who they were as a team yet. And uh, they had a couple of transfers who were looking for immediate eligibility and had not gotten it as of last night. Um, but one of them was cleared today. So pretty good timing yeah. uh, for that. And they had a starter out as well. Right. I think that was Will Richardson who uh, was out for the game. Uh, who, yeah, typically would have been starting. And this was their first game of the season. Uh, so they were actually kind of desperate to find an opponent. And so maybe some things kind of all came together to make Oregon a little bit weaker than they will be, f- definitely weaker than they will be yeah. later on in the season. Yeah, we were talking about this last night. Like, well, you know, this is the fun thing about college basketball is all the analytics involved and everything is you, you beat a team and then you root for them the rest of the year oh, yeah. because that they make you look better. And I really think that that's something Oregon could do. You know, they're going to get those pieces back and, and add that transfer in. And um, I think they have a, another chance to be a strong player in the Pac-12. Yeah. And uh, 
easy team for Mizzou fans to root for. Yeah, exactly. A, a conference you'll never see the rest of the season. Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, we can only hope that we would potentially see them in Indianapolis. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a quad one win for sure. And uh, that'll look great on our resume, assuming we get to that point of the season. So how'd they do it? Um, started off hot. Three-point shooting. Mark Smith. Xavier Pinson getting it done from long range. Um, Missouri ended up shooting 31 threes. They definitely cooled down uh, towards the end of the first half. They just, at some point there in the first half, they went on an 18 to three run, but then they, I think, missed. They missed like 15 like, shots in yeah, a row. Yeah, I was going to say like between 15 and 20 shots from the field in a row Yeah. to close out the first half and the beginning of the second half. Um, and got a little worried at that point. Um, As we always do. Yes. And then got worried again a little bit later um, towards the end of the second half Mm -hmm. when Oregon had a little bit of a comeback attempt. But Missouri just kind of always had an answer for it. And there was a a crucial play. We're skipping way late into the game here. But there was a crucial play, in my opinion, where I think Missouri was only up by six or eight. And Drew Smith had the ball at the top of the key. And he was just kind of trying to figure out what to do shot clock was running out Yeah, kind of trying to look for something look like maybe he could pass it to the wing maybe he was trying to get an entry pass and the defense just kind of fell asleep he just drove right around him for a layup yeah and that was maybe maybe the clock went under two minutes yeah i think it was around point, like two minute and uh extended the lead back out to a much more comfortable place i think made it three possession game and then missouri just held on for the win yeah. xavier pinson made some free throws down the stretch they even um, withstood a Drew Smith missed dunk slash layup. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I you was thinking, surely was that'll like, come back to haunt us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. I, I felt like he maybe was like, okay, I've had a few of these breakaways, and um, I want to dunk the ball. Yeah, he wanted to dunk. And then, just, like, decided not to, like, halfway through. Yeah. You could tell it it wasn't natural for him to try to just go up and slam it. And there was a defender, you know, giving chase. But, yeah, that didn't look very pretty. Mm-hmm. That was a turnover. Well, it was a missed shot, but it should have been two points. Yeah. And, I don't know, somehow Drew Smith, though, he just – I said last night when we were watching the game, he has almost perfect instincts def- defensively. Oh, man, he was – so pesky like in those those passes you know last night i mean he was just picking stuff off and and deflecting passes and everything. he was making every pass challenging without overplaying and losing position yeah. which that's that's an impossible ask yeah pretty much like you almost you have like kind of guys that take risks and make plays but also get burned sometimes and you have guys that just kind of you know stay back and keep everything in front of them and he just somehow is able to do both Mm -hmm. and then he still provides a little bit on the offensive end and just plays under control the fast break layup that he actually completed he was just so good at getting his body between the defender and the ball and he just kind of softly laid it in in a way that it was never going to get blocked yeah he's such a like high floor player where yeah. you know he kind of struggled last night and almost fouled out and uh just but you know it didn't really matter and uh i kind of feel like last night it might be the worst performance we see from him all year you know he didn't score he had like seven points or something like that but 
and he, he still did show up in, in the clutch like you mentioned but um, he really did uh, you know, struggle a little bit offensively and, and struggled with the fouls and all that stuff and some of those were questionable calls but he's just the guy that's, that's always going to be there even still when played, he struggles still played 31 minutes and led the team with four assists yeah which that was a, that was a stat I love to see um, 17 assists to only seven turnovers yeah I think I saw that was the second fewest that uh, a a Konzo Martin led Mizzou team has had. So yeah, that's definitely been like a thorn in their side the whole time he's been here. Yeah, we we I mean it what there was I think they had 17 turnovers against Oral Roberts, which isn't awesome, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it wasn't a huge percentage of their possessions because they played with a little bit of pace. I was also looking at the Ken Palm uh, tempo numbers, and it's kind of first of all it's a testament to the beginning of the season still these numbers will kind of settle down but also the way college basketball has progressed in the last 15 years um, after two games Missouri's tempo on Ken Palm is the second highest dating back all the way through the Mike Anderson era oh wow! so Mike and Mike Anderson's first team had a higher tempo that's the only one that is higher than this current Mizzou team after two games. Yeah, I mean, that that makes total sense. And honestly, I feel like their performance last night kind of just checked all of the boxes that of things that we wanted to see and things that we said they would need to do to be successful when, when we talked about them in our preview. And, uh, you know, one of those things is just attacking on offense and playing uh, more up-tempo. And, you know, sometimes they would just play so slowly on offense in the past and – just seems like it's so hard to get things going sometimes when you it looks like they feel like they have to get everybody involved and um, they don't take advantage of uh, you know turnover situations and stuff like that but they were just looking to attack all night last night yeah. and and they shot really well which yeah. is something that we said they obviously needed to improve on yeah Oregon I mean started going to that kind of three-quarter court trapping it, it's it was a pressure defense but it was really just to slow Missouri down a little bit yeah make them use some clock which kind of worked out in that Missouri had a lead and they could afford to burn some clock. But when, when Oregon was actually amping up the pressure and trying to force turnovers and stuff, Missouri was finding uh, Xavier Pinson was excellent at breaking the press and Javon Pickett was the yeah. recipient of just some easy, okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Layups. They were like getting the ball to the middle of the, the floor and like not making dangerous passes and yeah like you said Javon Pickett was the beneficiary of yeah. some really easy buckets I feel like it's nice having um 610 Mitchell Smith who is pretty sure-handed in that situation where mm-hmm. he's just kind of in the middle of the floor where good passer. Like a, yeah kind of a safety valve yeah yeah that's definitely been an Achilles heel uh for Mizzou in the past as well so it was good to see them handle the press I mean well, it was almost like probably part of the motivation of having three true point guards on your yeah. team yeah, I mean, I would say, um, again, Drew Bugs at least two games through the season, has pretty much been exactly what we thought he was going to be. You know, he's not really a scoring threat, but um, he's a great ball handler, and um, he's a great passer. Like, he just has an incredible vision where he just makes these passes where that I wouldn't really – I feel like you just don't normally see a player make some of the passes he makes where he just gets it to a player that I'm not even really thinking is involved in the play. And there was plenty of that. I mean, from him, Xavier Pinson, Drew Smith, they were all – finding guys that were just wide open mm-hmm. and maybe the, i don't know if maybe oregon's defense just wasn't didn't really come to play and weren't closing out and we're kind of losing guys 
It did feel like Mizzou wanted it more, at least yeah. early on in the game. They they were playing hard. Yeah, yeah. They were out rebounding Oregon early, um, fighting for loose balls. It seemed like there was a lot of random loose balls in this mm-hmm. game, like bouncing off guys' hands. And yeah, just like grab the ball, please. Yeah, <laughs> Not for both teams. Yeah, I mean, like it was constant. Um, we got to talk about a guy by the name of Eugene. Omori, I can't do it. Excuse me? Uh, the Oregon guy who yes. was scored like 30 points? I literally typed out the pronunciation of his last name and then deleted it and redid my notes and forgot to bring that through. Yeah, he was single-handedly like carrying them. And I, what is he, a, a transfer from Rutgers? Yes. Was this his first game with Oregon? Yes. Uh, that's a pretty good start. Yeah. Yeah, 31 points, 11 rebounds double double two for six from three nine for 11 from the free throw line yeah he yeah pretty much single-handedly kept Oregon in this game I mean they had three guys scoring double figures that was it yeah yeah I mean if you're an Oregon fan you're disappointed by the loss but that can't possibly have a better uh inaugural game than from a transfer than that yeah other than winning the game can't get much better Speaking of uh, double-double, Tillman almost got a double-double, and that was another thing, kind of a, a key to the game, key to the season yes. that we talked about was, like, I, I just don't think we need to expect that Tillman's going to go out and score, you know, 20 points in a game or anything. He, he can. He's capable of that, but he kind of just did exactly what we needed him to do. He scored, like, 10 or 12 points, and he had, like, nine rebounds and played great defense. Like, he oh, just yeah. – Without we, fouling. Yeah, we were talking about that a lot last night where – he just he didn't over pursue he didn't like swing his arms around violently to get blocks and stuff he just stood there, stood his ground and um did what he could to just absorb contact and just make it <laughs> difficult and not foul yeah yeah he had a great game yeah i feel like we just we need him we need to be able to expect him to be right around a double double now if it's six points and 12 rebounds great if it's 12 points and seven rebounds mm-hmm. awesome just in that range in both of those stats is where we need him to be and we need him on the floor for 30 minutes a game yeah seems like in almost every good game he has he's one of those just he receives like some interior pass with multiple guys on him and he just dunks it somehow like he had one of those last night he gets the ball above the rim so fast yeah and next thing you know it's two points on the board remember that rebound he had that he like brought it down it looked like a tennis ball yeah he just like goodness snatched out of the air with one hand (laughs) yeah um, I was looking at the rotations a little bit, and we really just had seven guys. I mean, and even at that, Kobe Brown only played 15 minutes, even though he was a starter. Um, so it was the starting five of that we, we already knew, Drew Smith, uh, Mark Smith, Xavier Pinson, Kobe Brown, and Jeremiah Tillman. And then Mitchell Smith, we knew he was going to get more playing time. Conzo said that he only played 11 minutes against Oral Roberts because he was a little under the weather um so mitchell smith ended up with 25 minutes and then javon pickett at 21 so that was that was the rotation basically yeah i'm totally fine with that play your best players sometimes i think in the past we've tried to play 10 guys and it can backfire just put the guys the most productive players out there and you know i i love kobe brown but in certain games he just might not have the best matchup and i, I like playing mitchell smith over, more over kobe brown uh, last night because you know Oregon was pretty long inside mm-hmm. they had some big guys and mm-hmm. 
sometimes it's just not a great matchup for certain guys. Kobe's a little undersized, and you know he got out and shot a few threes and stuff. But in, on the interior, he he was just a little bit outmatched at times in that game. And I you know I'm totally fine with uh, getting Mitchell Smith in there, which he's just so much taller and longer. And then you still have a solid guard in Drew Bugs to just spell a ball handler every once in a while. He played more minutes against Oral Roberts, but they. He only played nine against Oregon. And then you've got a solid um, interior player in Parker Brown who can come in and uh, provide some relief. It's leaving Torrance Watson as just like kind of the odd man out who there's just, unless multiple guards are in foul trouble or Mark Smith is, you know, just completely off. But I feel like he's the type of guy that you just let him keep shooting. Mm Mm-hmm. I just don't know where you get Torrance Watson some minutes here. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a bummer for him. It's just kind of a crowded guard position. I guess I would hope that he could – I guess if it was a perfect world, he would be making shots consistently enough to outplay Javon Pickett for those minutes. Yeah. Yeah, Pickett just doesn't – always look real great when he's out there like but he he can he can finish and he plays hard all the time and he he really had a good game last night yeah i mean he was only one for four from three um the three that he made was huge though he just had a guy right in his face yeah he was just finishing those layups though on those fast breaks yeah. and those you know breaking the pressure yeah ended up with 13 points yeah yeah i mean that that's Probably about as good as we're gonna get, honestly, yeah. from from Pickett. If he could, if he did that every game, I mean, that would be incredible. But I agree. I mean, Pickett and Watson both. I mean, that's that's probably where Watson's gonna get more minutes. Is if Pickett's not having a good game, then maybe that's where he has an opportunity. But Pickett was kind of closing that opportunity last night because he was just war. He was uh, justifiably getting yeah. a lot of minutes. Yeah. Yep. We did see Jordan Wilmore for one minute. I'm not even sure it was a full minute. Yeah. I don't even think he played uh, an offensive possession. <laughs> Potentially not. No, uh, Jeremiah Tillman was right back in the game yeah. very quickly. But it's just, I don't know, it's good to see this squad that we, it's just good to see them score 83 points, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the offense was a disaster at times last year, and it honestly seems like they've carried some of that la- that late season momentum where – Drew Smith and Xavier Pinson just kind of ran the show. It seems like they've carried that momentum into this season, um, at least in the in the first two games. One hundred percent. So looking at Missouri's schedule, and Kyle, I want to do a new segment here when we talk about basketball, and it's literally just Missouri in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Right like now, trivia or something. No, just oh, okay. like, are let's, they in? Let's talk about it. Okay. Because I'm desperate for Missouri to be in the NCAA tournament. Like if the season ended today. Yes. After a week. Yes. Are they in? Yeah. Okay. They've got a resume building win. They did. There against Oregon. And to stop the count. Yes. Yeah. In the season here, <laughs> literally, we were watching the game, and there's like 15 minutes left, and we both were. Th- at the same time realized i kind of heard you do a little sigh yes and i was thinking and you were thinking at the same time it's gonna be a long 15 minutes i heard, i forgot how stressful yeah. like like good basketball games are especially holding on to a lead yeah that's like the worst possible when you're down and you're just like okay well yeah, how, how can having a double digit lead be this uncomfortable yes 
But it, when Missouri's down by three points, I'm just like, well, there goes that game, you know. <laughs> They're, when they're like the by, first half, yeah. like it's over. <laughs> when they're up by fifteen, I'm like, well, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we, yeah, we we've been hurt so many times. Yeah. We're so damaged. Yeah, I feel like though, like how could any fan base, when you're an underdog, especially, yeah. you know, you get up to an early lead, you're just always thinking, there's way too much time. This lead is going to evaporate, and I don't know. I don't think. It would take a lot of winning. Yeah. Well, we even started feeling. going on a couple of those runs, and we were just like, here it is. Yeah. Like, here it comes. But, but Missouri had an answer. Yeah. Um, so, Missouri in in the tournament field right now, we think. Undefeated. Got a quadrant one win. Be rooting for Oregon the rest of the way. And a manageable SEC slate. Although. Yeah, the SEC is looking a, at least oh, like a week into the season looking a little weaker than overall we thought that it might look but that just means you're gonna have to win more of those games i True. mean yeah that's if, not always if, a good thing yeah if your conference is weak i mean we saw some weak secs sec conferences like i'm thinking like frank haith yeah. era first two seasons in the sec yeah. that was a totally different conference and you needed to win yeah 11 or 12 games to in conference to get in the ncaa tournament i don't think it's quite that bad this year but um, yeah, there's been other seasons where you could just go nine and nine and have a decent shot. I think this is closer to that type of season. Um, I was looking at one of our uh, favorite websites, Bart Torvik, mm. and he's got Missouri all the way up to number thirty-six. Ooh, um, he always likes Missouri a little more than Ken Palm. He does, and uh, he's got the Tigers as a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Wow! So that would be that's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Bart Torvik, he really likes the experience. Like that's mm-hmm. I feel like that just is such a big thing in his predictive metrics is is he just really loves old teams. At least with Missouri, that seems like it's been the case. And hopefully that is even more important than usual this year. Yeah. So looking ahead at Missouri's schedule, they play Wichita State on Sunday, and then they play Liberty on Wednesday. Pretty uh, sure Liberty beat somebody they beat somebody probably recently uh, maybe an sec team? oh yeah two of them mississippi state they beat mississippi state and south carolina mississippi state fraudulent in both sports classic uh producer professor cameron mm-hmm. is school over school out for summer <laughs> um almost but not quite oh. i had my last class but do you have finals school school related up, obligations next thursday no wow because Liberty and Missouri play on Wednesday, we're about so, to be back in the swing of things. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hot and heavy with ball games here in the next week. Um, Kyle, before we talk about Wichita State and Liberty, I gotta ask you a question. <laughs> Do you remember last week on the episode we did a little thing called the three on three draft? Oh yeah, how the how the results of the Twitter poll? Come? Oh, I won landslide. <laughs> I genuinely 100% forgot to tweet it out. And it's obvious to me it's because you're scared (laughs) of what the results will be. No, absolutely not. All right. Well, I'll tweet it out right now tomorrow. Okay. Well, I forgot about it, too, until I was doing, you know, prepping the show. And I was like, I don't think he ever tweeted that out. (laughs) He's scared of my team. You have a nice squad. I'll give you that. I don't even remember what mine is. I don't remember who my third player is. I think it's Torrance Watson. 
Ooh, I better tweet it out <laughs> before the next game when yeah. he drains like eight threes. Right. Anyway, had to get that off my chest. I think you're scared. Um, what are you thinking about Wichita State and Liberty? Uh, let's let's take a look at Wichita State. What they've been doing this year? Oh yeah, they played Oral been great. Huh? You freeze have been great at Liberty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, honestly, we just don't know that much about Wichita State. Um, they only beat Oral Roberts by five. Yeah. Missouri beat them by a lot more than five. Yeah. Obviously, their new coach is Isaac Brown. It's not Greg Marshall. Yeah. He was uh, he relieved of his duties and paid a bunch of money it's ridiculous yeah. like like an obscene amount of a money lot of like money. eight million dollars or something like like you were you were borderline abusive <laughs> or just full-out abusive yes you and you, so we're needing to fire you for creating a hostile work environment yes. and also here's a bunch of money we you did enough criminal acts to literally cause us to breach the contract here's eight million dollars to go away <laughs> makes no sense <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we just don't know much about them. Uh, mass exodus of players in the last couple seasons. They're probably still decent, but I th- I think Missouri are really out of win this game. Yeah. Uh, is it at Wichita State? Yes, it is. Okay, that's going to add a level of difficulty. Yes. Uh, Wichita State, 97th in Kempom, right at 100 in both rankings, uh, offense and defense efficiency. Um, really, though, they have a couple areas on defense that I think Missouri can exploit. Um, they didn't turn Oral Roberts over at all, basically. That's been a key metric that we've looked at closely the last yes. couple of years. <laughs> uh, they also gave up a high percentage of offensive rebounds to Oral Roberts, who I don't remember being extremely uh, you know, long and tall. And they also gave up a very high three-point shooting percentage. Mm. Or Roberts shot over 40% from three against Wichita State. So if that translates and comes across to uh, their game against Missouri. Hello, Mark Smith. Yes. Then, yeah. Yeah. I'll take all the offensive rebounds, low turnover, and high three-point shooting games you can give me. It'll be interesting to see uh, this season, uh, like, how the difficulty of, like, like, what the winning percentage is of home teams versus a normal year because obviously some teams will maybe still have fans i think mizzou is still going to have like a capacity of three thousand, which is actually a decent number but you know with teams that don't have a lot of fans in the stands it'll be interesting to see how how that affects games and if that um eases that level of of difficulty uh, maybe for the road team yeah i was looking at liberty liberty's schedule here they interestingly are dead last in adjusted tempo oh my third from last of course virginia is last we should have known that uh <laughs> third from last in adjusted tempo and they've played it's a strategy they've played five games already really so that's not like a i mean it's a relatively short a small sample size but they've played uh purdue uh we talked about mississippi state south carolina they lost to tcu so they've played, uh, you know, different opponents from different conferences and different styles, and it's all been slow. And uh, they're ranked 113th on offense, 133rd on defense. That's a game you just kind of you have to win it mm-hmm. if you if you want to still be in our uh, if you want us to be able to say that you're still in the NCAA tournament yes. next week. So we want to say yes. 
I'm really eyeing a uh, 4-0 start going into the Illinois game. Illinois yeah. just lost to Baylor yeah. and was not close in the second half. No, I, yeah, I watched pretty much that whole second half, and it feels weird to root for Illinois, um, but I do want them to be highly ranked when we play them and beat them, right? Um, and we were talking about it a little bit last night. <coughs> a lot easier to root for Oregon than Illinois. Yeah. It's like I was torn all year last year after we won the bragging rights game. Like, okay, well, I want Illinois to, to do well, I guess, for Mizzou's sake. But I don't like to root for them either. So we need to pick the outcome of two games here, Wichita State and Liberty. I'm picking wins in both of them. Mm-hmm. I hope that uh, – let me look at Wichita State's tempo. Only one game against Oral Roberts, and it's uh, right, about Pretty high as, scoring. right about the same as Missouri's. Um, I hope that Missouri can play their style against Liberty. Yeah. And if Liberty doesn't want to get out and run, um, then Missouri should make them pay. Looks like Liberty may be the victim of a short bench here. Looks like they've got three guys that play about 80% of the minutes. I'll give you the predictions you seek. Let's hear it. (laughs) I'll say uh, Missouri beats Wichita State 87-77. And they beat Liberty 70 to 59. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. So you always say that. I, I agree with you <laughs> completely on those predictions. I'm just nailing this. These yeah. pr- your, I wouldn't even, how you perceive these predictions. I wouldn't even venture another guess of score because that's what we'll just, just, we'll so just make that our overall prediction. Point, yes. Okay, thank you, man. Is Missouri just going to keep rolling? Are we going to Are we going to reconvene next week? With three more wins to talk about, yeah, we're in a great spot right now. It's just a lot of good, a lot of good stuff all around. Um, hopefully, that doesn't come to a screeching halt. It could come crashing down at any minute. Yes, um, but yeah, things feel great right now, and I'm ready for the that dream. Arkansas game. I'm so ready. <laughs> I am ready for the social media meltdown. I'm ready for Nick Bolton to have 15 tackles and I'm a sack an and interception. Yeah, maybe will he take? Will he pick six? Uh, maybe. I hope. Interception. For Might her. need it yeah. if Missouri's offense is not doing well. Yeah. Is that the whole show here? I think that's the – what do they say? The, I don't the know. whole something? That's the whole shebang. The whole, whole kitten caboodle. That's what I was trying to think of, but I was like, I'm not even going to try to say whatever those words are. I thought that might be what you were going for, and I just I was, was hoping, hoping it I, wasn't. <laughs> I was <laughs> hoping that you, one of you two were going to say it so I could be like, that's it, uh, so I could finish the sentence, but – all right, everybody. Um, we're going to wrap this thing up. You can <laughs> just saw your little eyebrow raise like, okay, that was a little too dramatic. Um, uh, are you, you going to post the three-on-three yeah, poll? Exa- uh, yeah, absolutely. You, do we trust him? I'll do it. It better be out I'll there. do it tomorrow. And What's tomorrow? Vote for me. I may not do it tomorrow because we got to post the podcast True. link tomorrow. You, you don't want to double. We don't want to double post. Yeah. Uh, okay, you can find this podcast. Already making excuses on uh, <laughs> Apple Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports at gmail dot com. You, you can find. Shirts? I sure would like to. Please come buy our shirts. Um, <laughs> you can find our shirts and stickers. They're really cool on our shop, Missouri Sports dot dot com. And if you want to watch the game with me, since these guys don't, (laughs) let me know. We can explain. Thank you, everyone, for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next week.